Hi, my name is Kurt Mercadante, and I'm a husband, father, speaker, trainer, and disruptive entrepreneur whose mission is to save the world by helping individuals fight for lives of freedom and fulfillment. And that's what this show is about. We're here to help you fight apathy and conformity in your life. We're here to interview and tell the stories of individuals around the world who are helping others live lives of freedom and fulfillment as well. This is the Freedom Club Podcast, and we're grateful you're here. Hey, everyone. How you doing? Thank you so much for joining us here on the Freedom Club Podcast today. Today's episode is brought to you by the Freedom Club Festival, November 8th here in historic Charleston, South Carolina. Come on in for a day-long celebration of entrepreneurship, personal branding, professional and personal development, mental and physical health, and yes, freedom and fulfillment. We got a rock star lineup of global speakers, Brandon Steiner, Dr. Natalia Vikovsky, Dr. Bobby Canaru, Hillary Johnson, Thomas Heath, Marcus Aurelius Anderson, and 250 people coming in from around the globe. We have food trucks, local music. Go to freedomclubfestival.com right now to get your tickets. Now, in today's episode, as you saw from the title, it's called Six Figure LinkedIn Strategy. I share the audio of a speech I recently gave at our LinkedIn local Charleston event. Yes, it's about money. Yes, it's about LinkedIn, but it goes much deeper than that. I may throw you a curveball or two in this speech. So without further ado, please enjoy this talk I gave entitled Six Figure LinkedIn Strategy. So by way of a quick introduction and why the heck I'm talking about LinkedIn and I do a lot with LinkedIn and why you saw me attending LinkedIn Locals, I uh, have built three profitable businesses. They've all done six figures in year one, including a seven-figure PR and ad agency. Long story short, I shut that down overnight because I was unfulfilled, I was overwhelmed, I was frustrated, and I wasn't living my purpose. And a lot of people ask me what I do now and why I shut it down, and that's why I wear this shirt. The shirt asks a simple question, what does freedom mean to you? And if you can't answer that question, and more importantly, if you can answer that question, but you can't even picture living with freedom in your life, then that's the type of person, you're the type of person I help. And I do that, I have a media company through my videos, I have a book coming out. Uh, We have the Freedom Club Festival coming out in November, which I'll talk about a little bit later, in addition to training programs and coaching programs. And so when I shut down my agency, I was like, oh gosh, I have to make money somehow. And so I did exactly what they say you should do. When you watch all the Facebook videos and all the gurus tell you, well, here's exactly what you have to do. Here's how I built my company, which is run a bunch of Facebook ads and do a webinar. So I did that and I hired a consultant who told me he was the best in the business. And I spent 15 to $20,000 and I got no clients. So I thought, okay, well, this isn't quite working out like I had hoped it would. And so I went back to first principles and I started just producing a video a day. I posted it on Twitter, I posted it on Facebook, I posted it on LinkedIn. And I did that for 90 days. After about 30 days, I started seeing signs of life on LinkedIn. Not really on Twitter, nowhere else, not on Facebook, other than people I knew and kind of smart ass comments from family members and friends, et cetera. The, if I had posted cat photos or angry political posts, I'm sure I would have gotten engagement, right? I started to see my audience rise on LinkedIn, started to engage with people, started to become a member of the community. And about 60 uh, days into it, my coach at the time said, well, listen, you're getting more views, your videos are great and all that, but you're not talking to the customer you want to serve. You're not talking 
you're talking about your features, and as any of you who have heard me talk before is, no one gives a shit about the features, right, of your product. They care about what's in it for them, the value that they can get from you that you will provide them. And so I started talking to that, and I got three clients in my first month. That went well, and I grew from there. And 100% of my income last year, six figures, came directly from LinkedIn. So that's what I want to talk about tonight, which is the title of my presentation, which is six-figure LinkedIn strategy. Now, I want to ask right now, how many of you can attribute at least $1 a month directly to activity or engagement on LinkedIn? How about 1000 bucks a month? 10000 25,000 bucks a month from LinkedIn? Awesome. So six figures last year, and I've begun having 20, $25,000 a month from LinkedIn now. And a lot of people approach me and say, well, how do you do that? How do you do that? So I'm going to show you one quick slide. May was a $25,000 a month, or April was a $25,000 a month. So this slide, I'm going to go through it quickly, and I'll get to why. But it's about intentional content, producing intentional content on a daily basis, not once throwing it like a grenade and running and saying it doesn't work, I can't use LinkedIn, it doesn't work at all. Every single day, sometimes four times a day, I produce content. Purposeful engagement. Again, not just posting content and running, engaging with other people, not just in your comments and people who reply to your videos, but going finding their content. Right, building that sense of community. And when you do that consistently, you build audience. Now, these top three blocks here didn't happen over a week, didn't happen over a month. This happened over a year and a half. And you don't just build audience overnight. And I know a lot of people who will get really into it. Maybe they leave a LinkedIn local, and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go do it. And they post like five videos in a row, and they're like, it didn't work. I didn't get a client. And so they stopped doing it. It, it takes consistency over everything else. So then you build that audience. So then what do you do? A lot of people stop there, and they're like, oh, yeah. There was a lot of people in the community when we started making videos. And oh my gosh, they were so excited, and they bought all these cameras, and I'm going to get into it, and I'm going to do this. And then they realize they're making no money. They stopped with the building audience. And they had podcasts, they had all these guest shows, and they were all excited, rah, rah, rah. And they got a lot, bunch of likes and a bunch of views, and it didn't matter. It didn't pay the bills. And so I know one guy claimed he was killing it. He was killing it. He's driving Uber now, right? Because... Once you build that audience, you do two things. You pull them into your controlled hemisphere. Right? One thing I learned about is that LinkedIn, a lot of people try to chase the algorithm. Good luck with that. Last year, there were times I was getting two, three, four hundred thousand 400,000 views on a video. All of a sudden, starting a couple months ago, I'm lucky to get 500 views, 1,000 views on a video. If you become a slave to LinkedIn, they control you. Pull people into your hemisphere, pull them into your email list, pull them into your private Facebook group, pull them into a variety of areas, and at the same time, pull them into a value-packed webinar, and go vice versa. The people who are on your email list, get them into the webinar. The people who come into your webinar, Don, you were in my webinar yesterday. I had 60 people registered. I had 20 people show up for the webinar. All 60 are in my email list that I communicate now on a regular basis. From there, you move them. You offer value. You don't just sell them, oh my gosh, uh, on, as a quick aside, on LinkedIn three weeks ago, I should have brought a screenshot. Some guy I've never engaged with ever messages me and says, hey, how you doing today? You have time to chat next week? Okay. Now, maybe he wants to hire me. Maybe he's got an issue. I don't know what it is. And I said, sure, what would you like to chat about? What if I could tell you about an investment that's going to get you 9%? <laughs> 
and I responded and I said, listen, if you were at an in-person networking event and you didn't know me and you came up to me and you said, I got to see you in the hall real quick. And I went out in the hall thinking, okay, what's the matter? And you told me about a 9% investment. I'd probably throw my glass of wine in your face, right? Why, why are you doing this? And his response was, well, did you know about that 9% investment opportunity before I told it to you? And I said, no, but now that I do, I'm gonna go ask someone else about it, someone I know, like, and trust, because that's who people buy from. And he got very defensive. He didn't wanna talk. He didn't wanna, uh, you know, discuss it. Anyways, I digress. The point is, you offer value to people. You don't just sell them, you don't beat them over the head with it. You offer value in the webinar, you offer value on a regular basis in your email, in your private Facebook group, and then you sell the hell out of them, right? So I had six people on that webinar book calls with me for a $2,000 product. You deposit your money and then you repeat it. That's not to say, that's just a sales process. Obviously, you provide value to your customers once they buy from you. Now, that represented $25,000 in April. But here's what I want you to do, if I can figure out the slide. This is supposed to be more dramatic. I want you to forget all about that. It doesn't matter. And the reason it doesn't matter is you're not me. And I don't say that out of a sense of narcissism. I say it because you and I are different. You have a different business than I do. You have a different set of customers than I do. You have a different vision than I do. The way you sell, I do. Freddie, you sell insurance, right? You're B2C. When I ran my public relations and ad agency, I did B2B. I interviewed this week uh, Mike Weinberg. He's got an incredible book called Sales Truth. And he said, he talks about, um, he read some new sales guru pointed to Kylie Jenner, I guess Bruce Jenner, she's some celebrity, on Instagram and the fact that she makes a million dollars or something off Instagram. And the guy pointed out, that's why everyone has to be on Instagram selling this. And Mike's like, you know, I go do sales trainings with people who sell missiles. I go to sales training with people who sell plastic and steel. Do I really want to tell them to take half-naked selfies on Instagram and that's the key to making money? No, of course not. And so none of this matters in the whole scheme of things. So I'm going to start with a little story. This is a, start a startup accelerator workshop I did in Cairo, Egypt last year. And there was one guy, I don't remember the exact startup he had, but I, I remember it was medical devices. I recall him telling me that his customer that he wanted to do was retired, physically challenged, um, elderly. And he said, okay, but he had been watching me on LinkedIn. And no matter what we had, I asked him what his vision was for his company. What outcomes do you want to achieve? Who's your customer? And he kept saying, but what about LinkedIn? What about LinkedIn? You're making money on LinkedIn. What about me? What about me? What about me? And I asked him, one question, but I asked it repeatedly, and he didn't really care. Why? A lot of people don't start with why. A lot of entrepreneurs don't start with why when they start their business. A lot of people want to start a business because they want to start a business, and that's their why. That's not good enough. If your why is, I just want to make money, that ain't good enough either. Trust me, I know. I had two businesses that made a ton of money, and I didn't have my why. That sucked. But why do you want to sell this? Why do you want to reach these customers? And, ah, I'm hitting the wrong button there. Who is your customer? Not generally, but specifically. And who are they? How do they vote? How old are they? What gender are they? Where do they live physically? Look at their Facebook page. Who do they follow? What news items do they share? Literally, who is your customer? Because the number one challenge I see with people starting a new business, actually in experienced business owners, 
is everyone is their customer. And when you speak to everyone, you speak to no one. And Thomas says it all the time, and I love the quote, the riches are in the niches. You have to narrowly identify who your customer is and speak to that customer every single day. You gotta determine the value you wanna provide that customer. I'm skipping around on some of these, but value is so key. There's a difference between growing a business and scaling a business. Growing a business means I can work 100 hours a week, I can do an hourly rate, and I can basically barely scrape by. I'm growing a business, I can grow the dollars and cents. To truly scale a business, what that means is you have to figure out how you can provide the maximum value to the broadest amount of customers while empowering you to live the lifestyle you want to live. And when I say the lifestyle you want to live, I'm talking about alignment. Because the term work-life balance is 100% absolute bullshit. When I think of balance, I think of somebody walking on a tightrope trying not to fall down and die. When I think of work-life balance, I think of the person who's at work who says, I'm just gonna put my head down for the next two weeks and get this project done. I'm gonna ignore my relationships, I'm gonna ignore my self-care, and when that's all done, I'll come home early. I'll spend some time with the kids. I'll take my spouse out for a date. And even if that happens, the two weeks turns into months, turns into years, turns into, you know what, when I reach 65, then I'll enjoy myself. I interviewed a guy named Pradeep Sangha last week on my podcast. He told me the story of his father. They worked in an orchard. They were Indian, uh, I was gonna say Indian American, but they lived in Canada and ran an orchard. And his father, his dream was to make it to 65, and then he would have made it. And then they were gonna travel, they were gonna do all these things. 64 and a half years old, he dropped dead in the orchard. He was on the 65-year plan. Just people I know, people in my family, get to 64, 65, stroke, heart attack, knee replacement. What about all those travel plans? So you gotta define what alignment looks like for you and build your business around that. Relationships, self, and work, align all of them. So you know who, why you're building your company. You know the customer to whom you wanna provide maximum value for value in return. That's what happens in a free market. You know how you wanna craft your business so that you give ample alignment to your relationships and yourself in addition to your work, then you start selling. Mark Cuban has a great quote that perfection is the enemy of profitability and one of the biggest challenges I see with entrepreneurs with which I work is they wait month after month. I'm waiting to the, the, the perfect product offering, the perfect service. I gotta get it just right. And they go month after month after month. I had a call today with a client who said, he used the term, and I read it back to him, I said, you just said trying to figure this out five times. And there's nothing wrong with planning, but if you look at history, for instance, if you look at Ulysses S. Grant, you look at Winston Churchill, the generals preceding them, the generals who had worked for Churchill and why he got so frustrated was, they're just trying to figure it out. We're trying to figure it out. We're trying to figure it out. Instead of taking the fight to the enemy. Taking the fight to the enemy means you gotta start selling. You don't have a business. A business is an idea. A business isn't a strategic plan. A business is paying customers, and you gotta sell. Mark Hunter's got a great quote that uh, Mike Weinberg has in his, uh, in his book. Salespeople can't take likes and clicks to the bank. I don't care how many views I had. When I was getting 400,000 views on a video, I didn't get a single client. 500 views on a video? I'm getting those clients. Why? Because I'm speaking specifically to the customers I want to reach about providing the value that they want from me. And finally, bringing it full circle, LinkedIn is not a strategy. 
So we started this off with LinkedIn strategy. The good news is LinkedIn's a great tool, like a typewriter. Did the typewriter determine the quality of Ernest Hemingway or F. Scott Fitzgerald's writing? Absolutely not. Does the hammer or the screwdriver determine the quality of your house? No, you start with a concept, then you have a blueprint. You determine the materials and then determine the best tool to put that house together. The same is with LinkedIn, with Twitter, with Facebook, with Instagram. Where do your customers live? Literally, but also where do they reside online? Is it Facebook, is it Instagram, is it LinkedIn? And you have to speak directly to that customer. If you're not doing that, then LinkedIn doesn't matter. And that slide I showed at the beginning doesn't matter one bit at all. So I'm, I'm about out of time, I think, but we go into, we have Q&A time, right? Yes, seven minutes, right? Yeah, so uh, just to recap, why do, you want you, why do you want to start your company? What kind of company will empower your lifestyle and the lifestyle you want to live? Who is your customer persona, that narrow customer you want to work with? Well, the customer's not narrow, but you narrowly identify your customer. Maybe they're narrow. Your offering, scale your value, and sales means actual selling, not posting videos, not getting clicks, not getting likes. And with that, I will go into the q and I want to touch on something in Q&A, because I know Freddie wanted to ask me a question about the Freedom Club Festival, so I'll answer that. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank you. Q&A now? Good. Well, give it up for Kurt. Yeah, thank you. <laughs>